Okay, good evening. The learning of tonight is sponsored by the Rabinowitz family. You're also in the schools of our learning. And if you can bench, the learning of tonight should also be a schools for Shalema, for Miriam Bela Bas Nechoma, and for Rus Bas Leia Basayich Shar Chele Yisrael. So, we last week saw Shoal's tremendous victory over Nochesh Amoini, which led to Klal Yisrael's recognition of Shoal as the king. All of Klal Yisrael came together and they said, okay, we want to punish those who didn't take Shoal seriously, and we have to be re- re-anoint Shoal. We have to now, you know, give him a proper coronation as befitting a king who has the commands and respect of his people. And they come together, together with Shoal, with Shmuel, and Shmuel told them we're going to go to Gilgal and the Chadashim Hamalucha, and all the Klaiso went together to Gilgal. They were Moluch Shol again, had a new coronation, a proper coronation this time. And the Yizmuch Shem Zvachim Shlomim Pnei Hashem, the Yizmuch Shem Shol, the Chalanchi Yisrael Adam Oid, and all the Klaiso was tremendously happy that Baruch Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, had granted them a king, a king who was able to help them, the Ace Sarasam, save them from. Those that were that were causing so much sorrow to them, and Klal Yisrael is extremely happy. When is, and now, when is Shaul's reign considered to have started from? This is a good question. We'll see. As Hashem, we get to the next parak, which is not going to be tonight. That, in a certain extent, it's it started already, but to a certain extent, it really only starts now. Which has, you know, it's a question of how you count how many years. We're going right. to see the pasuk at the beginning of Parak Gimel is Ben Shana Shaul Haybemolcha, which sounds like a year into his reign. So it's questionable when he's actually uh, considered to be gone his reign. Now, what we're going to have tonight is the farewell address by Shmuel. It's a Musa Shmuz, a tremendous Nisan that he does in the middle of this Shmuz to prove a point. And it's really coming for a very specific reason. Chal Yisrael had made a tremendous error in asking for a king. And part of what they had erred in asking for a king is that they felt that you know, being the way they had been for 400 years under the Shaftim, where in order to be safe, they had to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then every time they started doing Averis right away, enemies came and they had to do Tshuva. That, they felt that's like a very spiritual way of living. They wanted to live a more normal lifestyle. They'll have a king like everybody else. They'll have, you know, they can go to war against their enemies. And this is a toys because there's no such thing. You have a king, you still need HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help you with the Muhammad. So Shmuel now wants to make this point to Klal Yisrael as they embark on this new era. And this really, from, from after this parak begins where the story is no longer about Shmuel, the story is about Shaul, and from there it's about Dov. But this is really the beginning of the era of the kings, is that they have to appreciate that just because you have a king, it didn't, nothing changed. You still totally depend on Kodesh Baruch Hu, and that's the reason why right now, specifically after this tremendous simcha that came, because they had just had this massive victory, so... This was the time for Shmuel to give this Joshua. Now Shmuel also waited. Shmuel himself, it's a very insulting thing. They came to the leader and they said, you know, we really, we're not happy with this method of government. We want a king. Shmuel was the leader and they rejected Shmuel. And it was very personally insulting. I called Baruch told them, don't worry, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. But at the end of the day, it was very insulting to Shmuel. And they rejected his children, which was a big part of the Taina. And Mimela Shmuel felt that if you would give them Musr, before he had anointed a king, it would seem like this has something to do with his 
personal tainus, his tvias. So he wants to show them, I gave you everything you wanted. And now that I gave you everything you wanted, now I'm going to address you with Musa. Now, before he's going to get to the Musa, Shmuel is first going to make Klal Yisrael admit that Shmuel had not himself had not done anything wrong at all. So we'll start the Pesukim. Ve'yemer Shmuel al Kol Yisrael, Hinei shamati b'kelchem l'chol asher amartem li, I listened to everything you told me, v'am l'chalechem melech, and I appointed over you a king. Now, I got, just before we go into the psukim, just one other thing I wanted to point out is that this, these psukim may seem familiar. This is the haftar of Parshas Kairach, which is a little bit ironic. <coughs> Parshas Kairach, where Moshe Rabbeinu is being doubted by Klal Yisrael and he has to defend himself to Klal Yisrael and he says, Did I take a donkey from anybody? And we're going to find very similar Lashainis here from Shmuel, who is a descendant of Kairach who was the one who made the dispute against Moshe Rabbeinu. We also find other parallels between Moshe and Shmuel. Shmuel is, to many extent, to, to a great extent, in several different ways, compared Shokel Kamoshe of Aaron. So Shmuel tells all of Kal Yisrael, I did what you wanted, I gave you a king. And now your king is going in front of you. I'm old, not just old, I reached Seva, which is even greater old age, and my sons are there to serve you as, you know, as Dayanim and Dine Teira, as Leimde HaTeira, and I've been serving you, the people, from my youth till this day. Now, before we get to his point, this is an introductory speech. Now, in his introductory speech, Shmuel is coming to hold Klal Yisrael to account for two different inyanim over here. First of all, they were moil in Shmuel himself. It was inappropriate the way they treated Shmuel. It was a, they were tremendously coffee toiv. He lifted Klal Yisrael up after the Aron had been taken. They were on a very low level and he lifted them up to a tremendously high level. And his selflessness came back to bite him, as it were, because, because he was so selfless it was only in contrast to the selflessness of Shmuel that his sons fell short. And he's upset at Klal Yisrael for the way they treated him. And he's also upset at them for the way they treated HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And despite that, he's saying, I gave you what you wanted. You didn't treat me properly. I gave you a king. I gave you everything you wanted. And now I'm going to give you Moser. So he's going to make the point that he gave them everything they wanted despite the fact they're Moel in him and in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's interesting that Shmuel also is giving them another very important nakuda here. He's telling them that, yeah, you have a king, he's mishalcha fanechem, but you should know I'm still here and I'm still going to give you Musa. And this is a very important nakuda because the institution of a Novi is the most needed when there's a Melech. And that's why really the Neviim begin with Shmuel as the first one of the Neviim. And it's during the Tkufa of the kings where we have so many Nevi'im, prominent Nevi'im, because you have to have another who can speak truth to power, right? Who can, who can go and tell the Melech what to do unless you're coming B'dvar Hashem? You're coming B'dvar Hashem, you can tell even the king what to do. And Memela, now not all Nevi'im were popular. Yemiyoh Novi, who we've been waiting, you know, Yemiyoh Novi is the, 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 the Novi of the, 
of the Churban that were you know, the Zman of the Bena Mitzarim, so he was not very popular. He was in jail, he was in a pit, he was suffered. But so in last week's Hafsayr, Kalish Baruch says, I'm making you into a fortified city to protect yourself against all those who want to attack you. But at the end of the day, the Navi is needed when there's a king. So this speech is really Shmuel setting the tone for the period of the monarchy, that as long as there's going to be a king, there's going to have to be a Navi who's going to be able to give harsh Musr to the king and to Kali now, he says that he was Zakanti Vasavti. Now, Pasha Pshad, it sounds like he was very old. Now, Chazal tell us, and they make the Cheshvin, that actually he was not very old at all. He was 52 years old. Now, Chazal Baruch Hu caused him to look extremely old because Shmuel did not want to have to live to see the downfall of Shaul HaMelech, to see Shaul HaMelech's death. And had he lived longer, he would have seen the death of Shaul, which would have been tremendous pain to Shmuel. He was the one who anointed Shaul. Now, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to cause Shaul, Shmuel to be nifter at 52 years old plain, so that would be a, you know, if Shmuel just at 52 years old, young, relatively young, healthy, would be nifter, so it would look like Shaul did, Shmuel did something wrong, and Klai Yisrael would start saying, obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not happy with Shmuel. Memele HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chazal say, caused Shmuel to become extremely old, and because he became so old, and this is, you know, there's not the you know, birth records and everything, and not everyone knew all the details, so when people knew how, so how old he was, no one was surprised that he was nifter at this, uh, you know, seeming old age, and Shmuel himself, so when he refers to Zakanti Vasavti, he refers to his physical state more than his, his uh, chronological age. Now, it's also another Nakuda, that, this is what Chazal say over here, but there's another Nakuda over here, is that he was telling Klal Yisrael that, you know, I point to the king, but you should know that the whole reason that you are rejecting me is because they said, they told Shmuel, Atta Zakanti, you're too old to be the Navi, and your sons aren't going in your derech. He says, you know why I'm so old before my time? Because of the way I spent my life traveling, I was always on the road, I was going from place to place to place, I wore myself out in your service. So it's mamish, just because of you that I wore myself out so much that I'm so old before my time. And you have a tightness on me because I did that. So I think you're too old to be the leader and your sons aren't willing to go in the same path of killing themselves to Klal Yisrael. And, and, and this is really a tremendous tefillah on Klal Yisrael. And what's this Lashen he says, My sons are with you. So Kipshutai, he's saying that, that my sons are with you as Dayanim, as Rabbonim, which Agav is a tremendous heichacha that we discussed and we said over that the Navi makes it sound very harshly that Shmuel's sons, they went after bribery. It sounds like they were terrible people. But Shmuel, in this speech, where he's going to demand the Klai Yisrael, did I do something wrong? Show it to me right here. I want to know, what did I do wrong? He puts his sons into this, into this tviyah. Now, if his sons were such terrible avaryonim, he wouldn't mention his sons. It's very clear from the way that in this speech where he's going to come to be matzik himself and make all the clients shall say we admit that you are righteous if his sons were such terrible people he wouldn't mention his sons here, it would be embarrassing so the fact that he mentions his sons here is a raya brura that his sons didn't do the pashup shadow what it says in the psukim and his sons were tremendous sadikim they just didn't live up to this high madrig of Shmuel, which he himself is now saying, look how it killed me, from my youth until this day, and I literally killed myself for you. Now he's also pointing out, you think I'm doing this for myself, look, what did I get out of this? I got zero out of this whole thing. 
I spent my life traveling around. I wore myself out. And my kids didn't even take me over, so I didn't even have the mile of my, putting my sons in a high position. And that's what he means to say. He says, My sons are together with you like everybody else. They're regular citizens. And if you have a real time on them, you have a king, punish them, do what you want. I have nothing from this whole business of being the shayfet, so there's nothing in it for me. So whatever I'm giving you in Musa now, it's not about me. Everything I did was not about me. Now, the pasta continues. Now that he established some the basic facts, he says, Hinni I want you to answer me in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in front of the Melech. And the Melech's here, so you don't have to be afraid that if you're going to say something, I'll punish you. I'm no longer in charge. There's a Melech in charge. Answer me. Did I steal anybody's shor? Did I take anyone's donkey? Not just steal, like I took someone's shor. Or maybe make, commandeered it to do to plow my fields with the claim, you know, I'm busy taking care of Klai, so I'm going to have to take care of get my fields, which would be a valid time. No, I didn't. Did I even take a chamar to ride from place to place? I was the circuit judge. I didn't even get asked for, you know, to be compensated for my travel expenses. Vesmi Osakti, did I, Oshakti, did I make anybody sell me something? Shalai Kedin. Esmi Ratsaisi, did I even ask for presents? Umiyad mi lokakti kaifer, did I take a monetary payment to let someone off the hook? The alim enai boy. Now, Pashup Shatter, Adak, and others learn it means that I take kaifer, that I take a payment to allow, to look away, to turn a blind eye to someone's misdeeds. And if I did, I'll give it back, I'll answer to you. But others say, if someone has a time on me, all these things, boy. I won't look. You're, not, you're worried that maybe I'm, you're embarrassed to say in front of me, the doc says, I won't look. You don't want to come, you want to make an anonymous claim against me? No problem. You can come against me with an anonymous claim. All Chayshul answers, they, they all knew Shmuel Anavi was the ultimate paragon of honesty, of not taking anything for himself. You didn't take anything from us. You didn't even take presents for us. And Chazal point out that what it says over here by Shmuel is greater than what it says by Meshav Beinu. Chazal say, Omer Rava. I didn't take a donkey from them. I didn't even pay for it. Even if they wanted, he didn't take anything. They wanted to give him, they wanted to. He didn't take a thing from Klaus. Not a mashu of Hano. By Moshe Rabbeinu, he just says he didn't take. This guy didn't buy anything off of them, but if someone would want to give him something, maybe. Mm-hmm. Over here, he said, Pshadis didn't take anything in someone's given He refused. And all the Kaisal said, You didn't take from a single person anything. And all the Kaisal answered, That's Vayemer, Blush, and Yachid, Aid. They all said Belashin Yochad that Kadosh Baruch Hu, that they all said Belashin Yochad Edus that Shmuel didn't say anything. So it was Edus said in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in front of Shmuel that Akadosh, that Shmuel was totally honest, which is a pella that Shmuel was so concerned. Now obviously there's an extent to which in order to give Moshe he has to be able to say that he's 100 percent honest and there's nothing in it for him, and 
he doesn't, is not deserving of the kind of behavior that they treated him with. But it's more than that. It shows the Chaymer Ha'inyan of Gezel, that he was so scared that he wanted to have all of Klai Yisrael being made that he didn't take anything Shalaikadin. Chavz Chaim says, you see over here, the tremendous Chaymer Inyan of Gezel, that, 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 that Shmuel Anovi is busy worried. Everything else, this is what he's worried about. He's worried about Gezel. And, and the Chaymer Inyan of taking someone else's money Shalaikadin, and he wants all of Klai Yisrael to be made. Now, Vayemer Aid. The Pashup Shat is that all of Klaisel said eight. The Chazal say over here, and the Dak brings this, that not just the Klaisel said eight. So he brings from Chazal, Rabbi Seinazal Omru, ki baskel yotzes so omru eight. That a baskel came out in a Shemayim and said eight, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was being made. Why do you need HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be made? So really they're both made. It's both true. Klaisel is made as far as we know you're 100% honest. But sometimes you have a person, everyone thinks he's honest. But, you know, if he's, uh, he's cooking the books, you have these, you know, these African presidents that become famous for being anti-corruption until it comes out later they're the most corrupt ever. So HaKadosh Baruch is adding in that Atami Eden Olav HaMashah Begoli You, Klaish, only know what's open. I'll be made what's in his heart. I know what's in private. I know for a fact. This is a place where in Bezin Shalmata, the Ruch HaKadosh there was a Ruch HaKadosh, there was a Baskel that came out and said that HaKadosh Baruch himself, Kviyachal, is being made, that Shmuel is 100% honest. So now, that Shmuel established his authority and his credentials to give Klai Yisrael Musar, so now he's going to give Klai Yisrael Musar. V'yemer Shmuel Elohim, Hashem asher osa es Moshe ves Aaron, HaKadosh Baruch who made Moshe and Aaron, a very interesting choice of language. Not Asher Bachar, he chose Moshe and Aram, or Asher that he appointed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates leaders for specific times when they're needed. And we see throughout history that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appoints at the right time the right people to be the leaders. Kafi the Dar, Kafi the Tzayrich. Right, we see after World War II, HaKadosh Baruch Hu benched us. We had such a rebuy of, of, of G'dayli Oilo, Mamish, you know, the, the, Rab Aaron and, and, and Ramosha and uh, Chazanish and Biskarov. It's so many G'dayli Oilo that, that and the list is endless in Samarov. I, I don't mean to leave anyone out from the list in the Panavichrov and then the, the Kleisenberger Rebbe. G'dayli Oilo that would have stood out in any door, and we had such a, a, a tremendous shefa of them. And Kalish Baruch put them there at a specific time when they needed. So Kalish Baruch Hashem also has Moshe as Aaron, Vasher Ha'elo. And Kalish Baruch who took now, this Pasik begins the story of what HaKadosh Baruch did for Klal Yisrael. He's going to interrupt it now in Pasik Zion and get back to the history. So there's a little bit of a question what, where this Pasik fits in. It seems a little bit out of place. Well, it's, it's a funny way to start by saying Hashem, Hashem, Osos, Moshev, Aaron. So it does fit in with the theme. And Shmuel is now going to bring many examples of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's HaTavot to Klal Yisrael. But it's separated from the rest of them. So, one of the pshatim, some of the pshatim we'll get back to. But the Malbim over here understands that this pasik is actually a hemshech of last pasik. When Akalish Baruch Hu said, Hey, Akalish Baruch Hu, there's a baskel that came out, Hashem's testifying, that Shmuel is honest. So Shmuel tells him, You know who just said, Hey, this? He says, Hashem, Asher Osas, Moishivas, Aram, Asher Helos, Meishol. It's, that's the one who just said Edis. HaKadosh Baruch who took Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. That's the one who, who just said Edis. The Malbim says, That's the Kail of Hashem. 
And he says, and that's why it says, Osos Moshe's Aaron, Shechinim Lias Shafti Yisrael. And it's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Shaftim and took Kleisel out of Mitzrayim. So it's that HaKadosh Baruch Hu who prepared the right leaders. He's being made on me that I'm also an honest, true leader. And I'm also from that, belong in that list together with Moshe Aaron. Now Moshe Rabbeinu continues. Uh, Shmuel Anavi, I'm sorry, continues. Vato hisyatsu v'yishofta itchem l'fnei Hashem. Now I'm going to judge you in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's go through the tremendous chesed that Kaddish Baruch Hu did for you and your fathers. Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim. Chayisol cried out to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Vayishlach Hashem as Moshe as Aaron. Kaddish Baruch Hu sent Moshe and Aaron. Vayitziu as Avisechem in Mitzrayim. Vayishivim b'mokem azeh. Kaddish Baruch Hu and Shmuel is coming to make a point now. <coughs> Shmuel is coming to prove to Klal Yisrael that there was no reason to ask for a king. Asking for a king was a pigi in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved you many times in the past without a king, and he could save you again without a king, and there's no need for a king. And exhibit number one is Klal Yisrael went down to Mitzrayim, and why is he mentioned that Kasher Bo Yaakov Mitzrayim is to point out HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it b'chesed, and Yaakov wasn't schlepped down to Mitzrayim in chains like he should have been, and Kaisal called out Taikadish Baruch, and that's all it takes. It doesn't need, you don't need a king, you don't need an army, you need to call out Taikadish Baruch. And what happened? Hashem sent Moshe and Aaron, and he took Kaisal out of its time, and he brought you to Israel. And what did you do? What was your Hakaras Hatoiv? They forgot Akadish Baruch, and in response, Vayimkar, Oisam Biyad, Sisra, Saratzavah, Hatzar, and therefore Akadish Baruch gave Klai Yisrael over into the hands of Sisra Saratzvah Chatzar, the general of Chatzar, Uviyad Pelishtim, in the hands of the Pelishtim, Uviyad Melech Moyav, Valyilch and these three nations all went to war against Klai Yisrael. These are all nations that had some element of, they recaptured at Yisrael, and the Malvim says it's going in, actually I saw this in the Dasaifim, says it's going in descending order of severity. The worst one was Sister, who was a Kanani, who was, uh, was he, he was the general for uh, for for uh, Kushan Rishasayim, who was the Melech, uh, who was a Kanani, and Sister was sorry, not Kushan, I'm forgetting which 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 king it was, but Sister was the general, but they were Kananim, so you can imagine the Kananim did not have very very kind feelings to Klal Yisrael, who came and kicked them out of their land. And the next one was the Pelishtim, who were really foreigners. They were coming from the coast. They didn't have the same, the same strong, intense hatred. And then the last one was Moyev. Was they only took over a small part of Eretz Yisrael. None of them were that, were, were, and that was nowhere near as bad as the other two. Now these three, who were they saved by? The pasuk doesn't mention it. So it says So how did they get saved? They did not get saved because they had a king. They didn't get saved because they had a mighty army. Although they did go to battle. But that's not how they got saved. They were saved because they cried out to Baruch Hu. And it's not enough to call out to Baruch Hu. And they did tshuva. We abandoned HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we served Avedizorah, Vesashtoros, different Avedizorahs. And they told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, save us from our enemies and we'll serve you. They should, say, should have said, we'll serve you and therefore save us from our enemies. 
But a chilek of what they're saying is that the chil Hashem makes it harder for us to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You save us, we'll see the Yad Hashem, we'll serve you. But Chal Yisrael needed help, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved them al yidei nisim, through different shayftim. Now, Vayishlach Hashem as Yerubal, Ves Bidon, Ves Yiftach, Ves Shmuel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Yerubal, that is Gidoin, he was called Yerubal because he fought against the Baal. Because he had to first, his first before he went to war against the enemies, he had to go and uh, he had to go and uh, fight against the Baal that his own hometown and his own f- people in Klal Yisrael were serving. And he also sent Bedon. Who's Bedon? Is Ben Don, someone from Shevet Don? That's referring to Shimshin. Ves Yiftach, and he sent Yiftach ves Shmuel and Shmuel. Why didn't he say ves Oitzi? So Chazal said, because it's the Nevoah, and the Nevoah, he doesn't say his words, he's saying like Hashem said. Vayatzel eschem miyad eveichem, and those shayftim saved you from your enemies, misaviv, vateishu vetach, and you sat peacefully, and you're able to live calmly and peacefully in Eretz Now, if you were reading these psukim, and you didn't know any better, you'd think that these, Yubal, Badon, Yiftach, and Shmuel saved them from Sisra, the Plishtim, and Melech Moya, but it's not true. Although the Pelishtim were the ones who Shimshin went to war against, we have more than one time where the Pelishtim came, but Sisra was, we know that Dvair and Barak were the ones who went to war against Sisra, and uh, Melech Moyev, it was Eglay Melech Moyev, so it was, uh, so he, he was actually killed by, by, um, uh, I'm not having, by Eid Ben stabbed him in the stomach. So, it's not the same people. So the Dasefim explains there's two different types of suffering Klaisol went through. The first three all actually conquered parts of Eretz Yisrael. And then the other ones were, were Stam enemies who were just causing suffering to Klai Yisrael. And they had a Yeshua through these various Shaiftim. Now, the last three Shaiftim, excluding Shmuel from the list, were all Shaiftim that were not necessarily the leaders of Klai Yisrael. Yubal Gidin was a regular person who HaKadosh Baruch appointed to go to battle, and afterwards he became the Shaiftim. But he went to battle as a regular person amongst Klal Yisrael, as opposed to Barak, or as opposed to, as opposed to Eid ben Bidon Shimshin was never anything for Klal Yisrael. He did everything alone. And Yiftach, although he was appointed sheif, it was only like we just laid in Aftar a few weeks ago, because, uh, because he told Klal Yisrael, if you want me to go to war for you, you have to make me the sheif. They actually, he chased him out of Yisrael, they called him back when they needed a general. But HaKadosh Baruch was making the point that he saved them <laughs> Without a king, he saved them in one way. You call out HaKadosh Baruch, you do tshuva, and HaKadosh Baruch saved you. Vatiru. Now, the next passage is very strange, because the story, as we saw it last week, is that after there was a king, Nachash HaMoyni came to go to war against Klal Yisrael, and Shaul went to war to save them. What does it say in this passage? Vatiru ki Nachash melech b'nei amin And you saw that Nachash was coming to fight with you. But time really, and you came to me and you said, we need a king to save us from Nachash. That's a mistake, because I call Baruch was your king. Now, what does that mean? We saw that's not the story. So there are those that say, and Lechayra and Pasha Pshat will have to say this way, that Nachash was already threatening Klal Yisrael, which was one of the impetuses for them to ask for a king, is Nachash had already began to threaten Klal Yisrael. But the, the Barbanel and others say that no, that what it means is that you got a king. That's, you asked for a king for the reasons that we saw they asked for a king. 
But then when Nachash came, you should have realized why all of a sudden is an enemy coming, just like in the rest of Sefer Shaftim. Why did an enemy come? Because you forgot HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when Nachash came, your response should have been, we obviously made a tremendous mistake in asking for a king. You should have done tshuva and said, Chotonu, we did an Avera, we abandoned you HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're doing tshuva and save us. Instead, what was the response? Oh, we need our king. Quick, call our king now. And they, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a king. They embarrassed the king. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends an enemy. Instead of returning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, now we'll turn to the king. And the truth is, Rashem, Akechem, Alkechem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is your king. What are you turning to an outside person? Even the king that was appointed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, turned to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. Despite all of that, Shmuel tells him, V'atah, Hini HaMelech HaSher Bechartem, HaSher She'altem, the king's in front of you. Despite all that you rejected HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you rejected the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you a king. If you fear Hashem, you serve Hashem, and you listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, you don't go against the Hashem, then you and your king will serve HaKadosh Baruch and HaKadosh Baruch will continue to protect you, and you'll be successful. So at the end of the day, it all boils down to this. Shmuel tells them, you, did, you made a mistake in asking for a king. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appointed you a king anyway. But you should know that now that you have a king, it's all up to one thing. If you're going to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you and your king, and you serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly, you'll be successful with your king. But if you're not going to listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you're going to go against the words of Hashem, Hashem punish you and your fathers, just like, that's the question, what this means, I would say, I'm running out of time. I'm going to try to finish the parak tonight. So, Shmuel tells them, you think that you needed a king, I'm going to show you that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could do Nisein and Flores, just like they feel. You don't need a king, you don't need an army. You're going to see tremendous Nisein Hashem is going to do in front of your eyes. It's the summer, and it still never rains in the summer. Ekrel Hashem, and I'll just daven, the eating kailu sumata, and there's going to be a thunderstorm. And in the summer, it's etzim to simon klala. And you wanted to show them a very important point. He's showing them that just because you ask for something and Hashem gives it to you doesn't mean it's good. He says, oh, we asked for a king, Hashem gave us a king. Obviously, it's good. He says, I'll prove it to you. I'll daven for something that's bad, and Hashem will listen to me. I'm going to daven for rain, and Hashem is going to send rain in the middle of the summer. The how terrible it is what you did, Asher. That you asked for a king. You know, this push is getting late, so we'll stop over here. We'll have to pick up next time from over here. So Shmuel gives them Musr for asking for a king, and now he's going to bring an Oisu Moifis to the fact that what they did was a mistake, and that Kalish Baruchu is not happy for in what, with what they did. And despite that, we'll see that Shmuel tells them the end of the way, the takeaway message is right now you have a king, you serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be with you and your king. If you don't serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your king won't help you. Not only won't your king help you, your king will be a source of suffering for you. And as Hashem will be the end of the parak next time.